So every once in a while, the elders let me out of the office so that I have the uh, uh, honor and the privilege to come and uh, share with you. So, you know, I was thinking, you know, Lord, what, what can we speak about today? And, um, you know, I, at first I was like, there's no way I'm going to talk about coronavirus. It's not going to happen. But, um, but I really felt strong that the Lord wanted me to talk about faith in uncertain times because we are clearly in uncertain times. You know, if you read the newspaper, which doesn't happen very often anymore, if you go on the internet, if you go listen to the radio, if you watch TV, the world is falling apart. And there's plenty of people willing to solve all your problems. All you have to do is vote them into office or put your faith in them. But what I want to encourage each of you, that we as followers of Christ, all we have to do is put our faith in Christ, and he will take care of us. You know, first, our Second Timothy 1.7 said, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So no matter what's going on around us, God has given us a spirit, uh, has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. The Amplified Bible puts it really, really neat. I like it. For, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced, and self-control. So if we put our faith in Christ, no matter what's going on around us, he's going to give us that uh, spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind when we put our trust in him. And that's what I pray for each one of you and for my family, is that when things are going crazy, we can take a step back and say, Lord, you know, fill us with your power, your love, and your sound mind. So I also, um, you know, a lot of things have been being posted on Facebook, and I look at it once a day just to see what's going on. But this, this one lady posted something that I thought was pretty neat. So I want to read it to you. It's, 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 it's not too long, but her name was Janet Renick. I actually shared it. So if you're a friend of mine, you may have seen it. But I thought it was very fitting for what all has been going on today to help us kind of put things in perspective on what we're dealing with today. So let me just read that to you. Imagine you were born in 1900, so 120 years ago. When you were 14, World War I begins and end when you're 18 with 22 million people dead. Soon after a global pandemic, the Spanish flu appears, killing 50 million people, and you're alive and 20 years old. When you're 29, you survive the global economic crisis that started with the collapse of New York Stock Exchange, causing inflation, unemployment, and famine. And I don't know how many people died due to that, but there, there was a lot. When you're 33 years old, the Nazis come to power. Six years later, when you're 39, World War II begins and ends when you're 45 years old with 60 million dead. In the Holocaust, six million Jews died. 
When you're 52, the Korean War begins. They estimate 5 million people died during that war. When you're 64, the Vietnam War begins and ends when you're 75, and they estimate 1.3 million people died. And I, I added that in 1973, Supreme Court legalized abortion, and since that time, 50 million babies have died since 1973. A child born in 1985 thinks his grandparents have no idea how difficult life is, but they've survived several wars and catastrophes. Today, we all have the comforts of a new world amid a new pandemic. But we, I say some, complain because we need to wear masks. We complain because we must stay confined in our homes where we have food, electricity, running water, Wi-Fi, even Netflix. None of that existed back in the day. But humanity survived those circumstances and never lost their joy of living. Wow. You know, think about it. We live in a broken world, but we as, we as um, Christians have such an incredible opportunity to share with those around us that no matter what's going on, we know that God's in control. And, and it, he is going to make sure that, that his people are taken care of. It doesn't mean it's going to be rosy and easy and everything's going to go smoothly because clearly it's not. I know many of you have struggled through these past few months, uh, and uh, I know there's many people that are struggling financially. Uh, I was just talking with a brother this morning whose wife uh, has some uh, medical issues, and, and you know she knows that if she gets uh, the COVID, that it's, it's going to be tough on her. So you know we as believers... And, and as a body of New Life Fellowship, it's a great opportunity for us to reach out to uh, those that we know either have medical conditions or aren't able to come out when we have service, just to reach out and say hello and, and, and just check on people. Send them a text. Send them a message. Give them a call. I read that in hopes that you know, we all can kind of change or get a little bit of perspective on what going, what's going on. You know, we live in an incredible time uh, in history. We have the best medical care ever. The vast majority of people in our country never worry about whether they're going to have something to eat the next day or what they're, what they're going to do. They never have to worry, very few have to worry about their homes being broken into or problems there. We don't have to worry about our children, and in my case, my grandchildren, not having an, an opportunity to get an education and to grow up and be healthy and, and have a, a life that where they can be productive. So we, we have an incredible, we live in an incredible time in history and I want to encourage us all to just continue to be thankful to our Lord and Savior for all the work that, that he's doing. Back in 2007, uh, right after Pastor Bo uh, uh, resigned and went off to college out in California, uh, and um, in between 
Pastor Bo and Pastor Mark, uh, I was able to, to send Wednesday emails to the congregation just to kind of keep people in the loop and what was going on. So I was thinking about that, and I pulled one up from 2007 I wanted to read to you because I thought I was amazed at how pertinent it is to what's going on today. So please bear with me for just a minute while I read this to you. It was titled, Politics, Religion, and Money. Those are always good ones to talk about. This week, I, would, I thought I would talk about the three things people say friends and family sh shouldn't talk about. If you've turned on the TV, listened to the radio, went on the internet, or read a newspaper lately, and for you young kids, there was an internet back in 2007. Okay, um, I'm sure that you know there's a race for the President of the United States going on. The two main sides are lined up against each other, and both sides are doing their best to get you to vote for their candidate. Both political conventions just ended, and the candidates are on the road trying to convince us to support their agenda. I'm already exhausted by it all, but there is an excitement in the political air. I hear people talking about the speeches and agendas. Ordinary people are telling each other why their candidate is the right one to put in the White House. What about the economy? People are hurting financially because of poor choices and rough circumstances. I talk to people often about how they are just getting by. Many who are going deeper into debt each month because there's too much month left at the end of the money. The government just took over the two mortgage giants because of poor management and the slowdown of the housing market. The stock market is down several percentage points this year. What are we going to do? Praise be to God. Our hope does not lie in the politicians or our bank accounts. The next president of the United States is not going to save us from ourselves. The next stimulus check, which I couldn't remember getting a stimulus check back in 2007, but we must have, um, is not going to get us out of debt. The government taking over the mortgage giants is not going to save the housing market, and the list could go on and on. Our hope is in God. Psalm 121, verses 1 through 3 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. We can trust in God. We can trust in God. He will take care of us. Now, don't get me wrong. There will be hard times. We'll have many chances to question what is going on, and there will be stormy days ahead. But we're on, we're on the maker of heaven and earth side. We will be victorious. We will be victorious. God is faithful. He will watch over and protect us. He'll let us go through the difficult times, but he'll be there. And it reminded me of, uh, okay, so, you know, we, we've talked about all that. Now, you know, what should we do? You know, because I'm not trying to make light of the fact that there are people that are worried and concerned. But I want to give you a couple of things that hopefully will help you through the coming weeks to uh, help you focus on our maker of heaven and earth. So first, I want to encourage you to pray. 
1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2 tells us, I urge you then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So I want to encourage us all to pray for our leaders. You know, whether you like the president, the, the uh, governor, the senators, you know, whether you like any of them, I want to encourage you to pray for them because God tells us to pray for them. Pray that they will submit themselves to the Lord, that they will bow their needs to, to him, and that they will listen and have wisdom so that our lives will go easier here. Uh, not that we're just be praying that life goes easy, but God tells us to do that. His word commands us to pray for those in authority over us because, you know, eventually there's going to be somebody that either you like or you don't like, but guess what? We still are supposed to pray for them. I'd encourage you to get informed on the issues and pray and then get out and vote in November. And then I want to give you a few things to consider this coming week as, uh, you know, I wrap up here in the next few minutes. Um, so first I want to encourage you that when you feel hopeless and fearful, I want to ask, uh, pray that you'll ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to the angels surrounding you and your family. It reminded me of the Elisha's helper in 2 Kings 6, 8 through 17. So I want to read that because it's a powerful story. 2 Kings 6, 8 through 17. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officials, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place because the Armenians are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officials and demanded of them, Tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of the officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, which I find funny because if he's telling him to go find out, God's going to tell Elisha anyway. So Elisha had an opportunity to leave, but listen what happens. Uh, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He's in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do, the servant asked. You know, Elisha said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I pray that for us, that when we feel like we are surrounded, when we think that there's no hope, 
that God will open our eyes. And I was thinking about that this morning too. You know, it'd be so neat if God just opened our eyes and see the chariots of fire surrounding this property, surrounding your home, surrounding your circumstances. God's there. He's watching out for us. He will take care of us. Also pray that God will give us all a little perspective. You know, with all the stuff going on about COVID and the fear of dying, I, I did a little bit of research on dying this week. And guess what I found out? 100% of us are going to die. Every one of us. We, we, can't, we can't get out of it. The Bible tells us for every one of us is appointed once to die and then the judgment. Unless Jesus comes back first and Lord comes soon. But if not, we're all going to go down that path. So if we know we're all going to die, what should we be doing right now? We should be living. We should be living. I'm not saying go out and throw big parties. I, I, I still think we need to take the social distancing, uh, uh, all the mandates, all the suggestions. You know, I'm not saying get rid of all those. But we can live. We can live. I love Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Then he said to me, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. You know, I get the feeling that there's a lot of people that feel like they're dried up. There's no hope. They're just in the, they're, they're one of those dry bones in the valley. But I want to prophesy to you and to me for us to live. Allow Holy Spirit to flow through us, to join the bones back together. You know, part of the thing Nathan and the elders have been preaching about what are we going to do when we come back together it's incredible we've got 60 something people here today we've got several people on uh, facebook and on zoom and god is continuing or starting to raise new life back up to, to for us to go out and and be the light in our community 
There are hurting people. So I prophesy to us to live. We need to live. And then finally, let me, let me close with providing some perspective on dying. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Nathan got up and, and spoke on death, and I was like, oh, he's going to steal my, uh, my message. But fortunately, he didn't. But, um, but I, I was doing, again, I, like I said, I did some research on dying, and um, I found this interesting website called injuryfacts.nsc.org. They spend their whole resources and time figuring out the most likely causes of death in someone in the U.S., the likely cause of what someone's going to die from in the United States. So can anyone guess what the number one cause of death in the U.S. over someone's life is? Cancer. I'm absolutely right. Heart failure, heart disease. Cancer is number two. So six, it, it, they say one in six people are going to die of heart disease. But we hear very little about eating better, exercising, you know, all the things that we could prevent. If, if we did 16% of 340 million people, we're talking 57 million people. Are got, that's for 340 million people are how many people in the U.S. right now. If I just do 16%, that's uh, 57 million people are going to die of heart disease, which we can control. Now, I don't do a good job of that. My wife will testify to that. And, but she does a good job of trying to feed me well. And then Jerome tries to kill me when we go hiking. And uh, so I get, do get my exercise. But, um, you know, those are things that we can do something about. Just give you a couple other, uh, there's a whole list if you're interested, you know, I can either give you the link or whatever, but I was surprised that um, all preventable causes of death, one in 24% of the, 4% of us are going to die from a preventable cause, whatever that means, you know, so something that we could stop if we did, if we did what we we're supposed to do. Suicide, one in 86 or 1%. Motor vehicle crash, about 1% of us are going to die from that. So, But again, 100% of us are going to die. It's just a matter of what it is. So um, I'm not trying to give you more to worry about. I'm trying to encourage you to eat well and exercise. Let God, God's going to take care of the rest. I don't know if it drives Julie crazy, but every once in a while, you know, people will ask, are you worried about dying? And I'm like, well, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. You know, I'm not going to go out and try to figure out how to die. But, and, I'm, and, and I don't think anyone in their right mind really wants to die. But when it's time, it's time. And uh, God's going to take, take me home. And I pray that you're right with God and he'll take you home too. Because we can have that assurance uh, in that. So I just want to close with, I want to give you a couple of verses or three verses to... Um, focus on uh, this week. If, if you start feeling overwhelmed or concerned or worried about all that's going on, I want to read these three verses to you, and uh, hopefully during the time of, of this week that you'll be able to reflect back on them. So Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In 1 John 4:18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love dries out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So I pray that for each of you and for my family that we will put our hope in God and that he will allow that hope to fill us completely and to carry us through uh, the coming weeks as we continue to, to uh, serve together, as we continue to pray for Pastor Nathan and Jackie, as we continue to pray for Greg and Jay and their families, our elders, and as we continue to pray for each other, that God will do mighty things through New Life Fellowship and through the power of His Holy Spirit. I want to pray for us, and uh, thank you for this incredible opportunity to share with you. And uh, again, I pray that hope will fill you and that you will live uh, starting today if you haven't been. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you for the freedom that we have to stand out in the open like this and share your word. Bring people to our hearts and minds this week that we haven't heard from in a while, we haven't reached out to in a while, and, and then Holy Spirit, prompt us to call, to text, to write, to reach out to them. So Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this worship. We just commit it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen.